Today's Bible reading is from Romans chapter 13, verses 1 to 7. Submission to the authorities. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. If you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger, who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. But the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. This is God's word. Uh, it's great to be here with you. It's uh, great to have Lucas uh, read the Bible for us, and it's great to be in God's Word. Yes, we're doing a congregational choice. That's you choosing. We do that a couple of times a year, and today it's a really good topic, of course, because we're looking at the government, the government, and of course we've just been through an election, a uh, federal election just a month or so back, and we've got one coming up here in Victoria uh, towards the end of this year. I think it's uh, in about November. So that's good reason to pray, isn't it? So let's come before God. Let's pray. Father, open our hearts and minds as we uh, come here to understand more and more about you uh, from your word. It's so important to us. Uh, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In uh, Luke chapter 20, uh, people... They came up to Jesus and they asked him, uh, you know, they asked him questions. They asked him lots of questions. This time they asked him, is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar? And uh, Jesus said to them, show me a denarius. Show me a denarius. Whose likeness has it got? And they said, Caesar's. And Jesus said, then render to Caesar the things that belong to Caesar and to God the things that are God's. The coin that Jesus had on that day probably had uh, a denarius with the um, portrait of the Emperor Augustus on it. Now I've got here a denarius. Uh, my neighbour Tony, he's a coin dealer. I got this uh, from him. Actually this one's got the Emperor Trojan on it. Uh, you can see a copy of it there on the screen. It's dated AD 108. And so it's about 80 years after this event. But it's the same kind of coin that Jesus held on that day. I'm just going to uh, send my uh, government official here. And she's going to go over, probably near the um, parents' room area. If the children would like to look at the coin, uh, she's going to show it to you. So you can come to Auntie Gail. She'll show you that coin. If you want to have a look at the coin, you know, just come and see me after the service. Happy to show it to you. It's actually not very large. It's only about 20 millimetres, a bit like, a, uh, like about a five-cent piece, although I haven't seen one of those for a long time. Um, it's uh, made of silver, about four to five grams. Now then, some 25 years later, after Jesus had said those words, we get Romans 13, where Paul actually answers 
the same question. Should I pay taxes to a secular government like the Roman Empire? I mean, who wants to do that? And Paul answers the question with a yes. Today, we're looking at what belongs to Caesar and how we as Christians must give to Caesar that which belongs to him. The book of Romans was written, it was written about AD 57 by Paul, the Emperor Nero, he was in power at the time, he'd just come into power, he came in at about AD 54, he was actually only 16 years of age, so his mother actually had a lot of influence on him, uh, a bit of stuff happened a bit later after that, uh, he wasn't uh, a brutal tyrant at this point in time that he became a bit later on. You see, Christians were unpopular in Rome because, of course, they didn't want to worship the emperor. And uh, Nero uh, did a lot of very nasty things to Christians, really, really bad stuff. But I don't want to talk too much about that because we've got children here. Um, it's most likely that Peter and Paul uh, were killed in Rome uh, during Nero's reign. And yet, the Church of Rome had this letter with them. They kept it. They had chapter 13. They didn't throw it away. They didn't burn it. They believed it. Even during a time when they went through the worst persecution by a government. Paul, you see, he wanted the government to know that Christians, you know, they're not interested in overthrowing them. As Jesus told Pilate in John 18, uh, when asked if he was a king, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. You see, Jesus was never interested in political power. Christians submit to the laws of the land that they live in. They pay their taxes. They show respect to the government and to the government officials. Uh, they seek to do good to the community that they live in. They're not revolutionaries, at least not revolutionaries of this world. You see, governments, they make people obey them. The gospel, on the other hand, it changes people's hearts. That's the re revolutionary work that we are involved in, God's work of changing people's hearts. Now, let's uh, begin. Paul uh, begins with verse 1, with this really clear, you know, unambiguous, uncompromising, absolute command that every person be subject to the government authorities. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Every person. That's you and that's me. No exceptions, all of us. Be subject to the government authorities. Now, for Paul at that time, that was a Roman emperor, um, the Roman Empire, you know, Emperor Nero, he was a supreme leader at that particular time. For us now, today, right at this moment, it's Albert, Anthony Albanese, Prime Minister of Australia. Dan Andrews, the Premier of Victoria. And the police and the legal system and the laws and, of course, the ATO, the tax office as well. All of those are wrapped in that government authorities, isn't it? Now, to be subject to means to be in submission to. Now, I know you already don't like this. Maybe you don't mind being, you know, 
submitting to God and maybe you don't mind submitting to your husband and wife and parents and maybe even church leaders like Pastor Sam. But we don't like the idea of submitting to the government, do we? Well, you know, I don't actually have to do it willingly, do I? I mean, I don't have to be happy about it, do I? But that's what Paul is saying here. Submission means obeying. And it means a whole lot more than that as well. It's my attitude. It needs to be done, you know, in a spirit of humility. Willingness. Recognising that they have authority over us. Paul is saying here, my first inclination needs to be to submit to the government, to submit to the government authorities. And you know, if I disagree with them, then I should do it very, very respectfully as well. Now, in verses 1 to 5, Paul here gives three reasons why we're to submit to the government. Uh, the first reason we find in verse 1, uh, the second half of verse 1-1b, every government that's got the power to rule has been granted that power and authority by God. Now, we today here, we live uh, here in Australia, we're in a democracy, and you might think, well, you know, democracy, it's the best uh, system out, you know, but actually there's a lot of other government systems all around different parts of the world. I mean, there's dictatorships, which was what Rome had at that time with Nero. There's, of course, communism and socialism, totalitarianism. Now, different countries have different systems at different times in history, and so have we. And Paul says, God put them there. Anthony Albanese became the Prime Minister of Australia by popular vote. But actually, Paul here is saying that behind that process was the hand of God. But you know, it's not just the type of government that he's talking about here. It's actually the people that he puts in place as well. God made Nero emperor of Rome at that time. Nebuchadnezzar was the ruler of Babylon and a tyrannical ruler he was. His armies destroyed Jerusalem, including the temple of God. Uh, he killed uh, many Jews, including uh, women and children. Yet God says in Jeremiah 27.6, Now I've given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant. As soon as that gets on the screen, you'll see it. You see, they've been given the right to govern by God. But let's be clear here. This is delegated authority from God to these leaders. God, of course, is still the ultimate authority. God delegated it to them. They've been given power and responsibility by God. And they're accountable to God for that as well. Paul's saying that, you know, in God's divine providence, the government has been given authority over all of us 
and it's for your good. It's for our good. It's to, you know, maintain order. It's to maintain a security around us, to encourage uh, the good, and, of course, to punish evil as well. And we know, you know, that because of sin, uh, people, people pretty much misuse uh, that power. Well, lots of them do, not all of them. Instead of doing what's right, they do what's best for them. Maybe you might have done that occasionally yourself, I'm not sure. We submit to God's government authorities out of reverence for God. Not, not out of reverence for the leader, not out of reverence for Nebuchadnezzar or Nero or even Anthony Albanese. First Peter 2.13 tells us, For the Lord's sake, sorry, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Now, if we resist the government, then we're actually resisting God too, aren't we? So it's important for us to, you know, we, we need to pray for our leaders. We really do. It's an important function they've got. They've been put there by God. We need to pray for them. First Timothy chapter 2 and verses 1 to 2, it tells us, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions. Pray that they will recognise their incredible responsibility that they have before God. And then uh, it goes on. The second reason um, that is given there in these verses, verses 2 to 4, um, we submit to the government because, you know, otherwise I'll go to jail. That's a good reason, isn't it? You know, see, the government's got a job to approve what is good and to punish those who do evil. You know, it's good to live in a place where there's rules and laws, where there's a system of police, where there's a legal system uh, to maintain justice. That is a good thing. What happens, do you think, when there's no government? Have you ever thought, what would it be like with no government? Well, actually, I remember Somalia in uh, the 90s. They actually had no government at that time. And the place descended into absolute havoc. Nobody, of course, paid taxes. The country became uh, well known for piracy. That was a way uh, that people found to uh, make money because who obeyed rules and laws? And, of course, nobody obviously wanted to trade with them. There was extreme violence over the whole country. The biggest gun wins the day. You see, a government with laws, even bad laws, is better than no government at all. The government is God's servant for your good. In uh, Romans chapter 12, Paul tells us, don't repay evil for evil. You know, forgive uh, people. Uh, overcome evil with good. And actually in verse 19 it says, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. You see, God has given the sword to the government to administer justice here on earth. While... Uh, we are to forgive. It's a government's responsibility 
to dispense justice in its land. And in that way, it keeps evil under control. And it's helpful for you and me because we don't always do the right thing if there aren't rules and punishment. So, you know, if someone has done something to you, if you physically or sexually abused by a person, if a husband hits his wife, if people steal from you or, or bash you up, while it may be our responsibility, while it is our responsibility to, to not hit back and to, to seek to forgive a person in that situation, you and me also have the responsibility uh, to report that to the authorities. You know, if I do something wrong, then I should pay the price for doing that. That's justice. It's not revenge. And that's the important role of the government. Now, I want to talk about another little point. You know, in Acts chapter 5 and verse 17 and onwards, you've got this little episode with the apostles and... Uh, you know, they get arrested and they get chucked into jail because they were preaching about Jesus and they were told, stop preaching about Jesus. Just stop it or else you're going to get it. And in verse 29, they said, we must obey God rather than men. We should obey the government. Yes, we should. To the full extent that we can. Until it reaches that point, that moment, when it would mean disobeying God. And then we say, no, I won't do that. In fact, I would say that it's our duty as a Christian, as a believer, to say no at that point. That's not an easy thing to do, is it? You know, just like the apostles You've got to be willing to accept the consequences for saying no to the government. You've got to accept the consequences for disobeying uh, what they have put down as the rules and the law. And the apostles, you know, at that moment, they could easily have been killed and there were lots there who wanted to. They weren't on this occasion. But, you know, nearly all of the apostles were eventually killed by governments for preaching the gospel. They refused to obey. They refused to keep quiet. But they submitted to the government. They submitted to the punishment the government gave them. You know, recent times... And now, too, actually, we're all experienced, you know, the COVID-19 situation, but particularly, you know, we had all that lockdown, especially here in Victoria. You know, you had all the government uh, rules that were put in place in, in all kinds of ways. You know, what was your reaction to all of that? Let me give you a couple of my thoughts. You know, from what I could tell, the, the motivation of the Victorian government was... It seemed to me it was to do what's best for the people of Victoria. Now, I'm not saying there might not have been other motivations as well, but that seemed to be the main motivation. Um, now, I didn't agree with all the rules that they put out, but I did still seek to try my best to obey 
the rules that the government put forward. Now, churches uh, and other organisations, of course, but churches were able to lobby the government to, to make changes to cater for our particular situation, and others did that too, of course. Uh, some people, of course, were able to go to the courts to seek to have some of these laws changed or adjusted as well. And, of course, people were able to protest. And uh, in a country like ours, you're allowed to protest. And so, so we can do that. But we need to do it peacefully, we need to do it legally, and I think most importantly, we need to do it respectfully as well. You know, being violent with the police is wrong. It's just wrong. You know, saying mean and nasty things about Daniel Andrews is wrong. You know, you can argue the merits about, about his policies or any politician's policies. You know, but we don't need to get nasty about it. We don't need to say nasty things about people. It's so easy to get dragged in uh, to doing that with other people, isn't it? We shouldn't do that to anyone, let alone our politicians. I mean, these guys have got feelings too. They've got families. I mean, it's not an easy job uh, to be uh, a leader in terms of the government. I mean, it's not something I would want to have the responsibility of. Let's not be like the rest of the world. That's what Paul is calling us to here. Be positively different. And, you know, amongst uh, all of us here as well, you know, we're all a bit different too and we've got different thoughts and different opinions and, of course, we... We always think that, you know, I'm right and the other person's wrong. Uh, we know that, don't we? You know, some of us uh, with COVID, you know, we tended to be very cautious uh, and we've wanted other people to be cautious as well and, and, and probably for very good reasons too. You know, while other people uh, don't agree with all the mandates and they don't like to be told what to do when they think it's, it's useless... You know, we all, of course, think that God, God's on my side. You know what I think? I think that God is more interested in how we treat one another than on who's right. John thirteen thirty five says, By this will all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Are we doing that? Are we loving one another by the way that we treat each other? Let's do more of that. Let's treat each other really, really well. Uh, then in verse 5, the third reason, it says here, don't obey the government, <laughs> you know, just to avoid being punished, but do it for conscious sake. Good laws and, and punishment uh, can stop people from uh, committing crimes and that's a good thing but you know what? It doesn't make you into a good moral person. Laws never do that. It constrains people, yes, but it doesn't change people at all. You know what integrity is? Integrity is when what I say 
and what I do are the same thing. And a guilty conscience is when I say to myself, I've got no integrity. When I know God's behind the government, to deliberately break their rules means that I'm disobeying God. And that should hurt any Christian's conscience, shouldn't it? And then the final point here, how we submit, verses 6 to 7, when Paul finishes uh, this passage with two actual very practical ways that we are to submit to the government. And uh, in his commentary, C.K. Uh, Barnett says these words, Honour and respect are due to earthly rulers, not because they're powerful and influential, but because they've been appointed by God. To treat them with less than their due is to dishonour God. And honour without the practical implication of paying your taxes would be a mockery. Am I honest with my taxes? Now that's a good question. It's easy to cheat on taxes. It is. I know I was previously an accountant. We know that avoiding taxes is wrong, but what about, you know, minimising uh, my taxes? I mean, that's okay, isn't it? Well, let me ask you, are you actually grateful for all the things that the government provides? And in a place like Australia, actually, they provide an awful lot. You know, you've got the privilege here of living in a country that's safe, it's free, you know, a wealthy country that provides so much for its citizens, uh, provides so much for those who are in need. Have you ever said thank you to a police officer for keeping you safe? There's a lot of them out here in the city, actually. It's easy to do it. Are we grateful for the privilege that we have of paying our taxes and contributing to our community? And what's your attitude to paying your taxes? Are you happy? Are you grateful for the privilege? Or are you always thinking, why do I have to pay so much? I think that too. You know, Christians should be the very, very best citizens. We should be more than law-abiding. I mean, laws, they really just set the minimum standard in the community. That's all. We should care for our community a whole lot more than just being law-abiding. We need to be peacemakers. We need to be uh, people who do good, uh, people who honour the leaders of our nation. Uh, we need to be people who, yes, willingly pay our taxes. Boy, would you stand out if you did that in a crowd. Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. So if you're not giving to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, then you're not giving to God what God asks you to. Let's pray. I just want to give you a moment to uh, speak with God personally. 
And uh, maybe you'd like to ask him, what's, what's one thing, Lord, that I could do to be more than just a law-abiding citizen? I'll give you a few moments to do that and then I'll close. Our Father, we, we want to thank you for your words. Uh, they're so practical. Help us, Lord, to be the very best citizens we can be for our nation and forgive us when we do the wrong thing and help us to accept the punishment that uh, is rightly put on us. And most of all, Lord, uh, may we be really uh, faithful in honouring and respecting our government leaders and even if they don't always uh, do the right thing or we don't always agree with them, may we be respectful because we respect you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.